so Matt makes these beautiful landscapes of basically ruined future Toronto, ruined future uh, locations, uh, or maybe even like just, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think of, of all the words, I, I was thinking about the word ruin porn the other day, <laughs> and I'm wondering what your uh, relationship to that term is and what, what like, uh, comes to, like, in maybe, like, um, yeah, first, like, yeah, like, um, I mean, you build these, you build these sort of landscapes in 3D, uh, very exquisitely kind of detailed and, um, you know, um, you could just pour over these these uh, these massive uh, landscapes for for hours and find new details, and and I mean, then you sort of output them to two D, which is sort of counterintuitive for a lot of people who are, you know, three D artists or three D modelers, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, so 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 yeah, just give people a sense of like where where uh, what uh, what what kind of work you do um so yeah going back to my question of rune porn what's uh now i've blathered along giving you a little bit of time to think well i i certainly uh i have a kind of romantic fascination with with ruins as mm. as evocative objects i guess that that uh have lots of stories to tell Hmm. So, so it's more, uh, it's not ruined porn so much as like, uh, ruined <laughs> romance, romantic, like kind of romantic, uh, yeah. like, would you, yeah, put, put yourself in that sort of, uh, ruined romantic. I would have been at home in the, during the 19th century romantic period, perhaps. <laughs> I do have a fondness for, uh, Victorian architecture and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And uh, you may notice that in the in the one sort of future Toronto image I did of Nathan Phillips Square, um, I sacrificed the the Sheridan Center because it was blocking the view of Old City Hall, which is <laughs> remarkably well preserved, mm. um, given the state of the of the rest of the city as I've depicted it. Right, um, you you spared it in your imagination. Yeah, yeah. It's funny though. It's like there's this weird i mean I, I i it's certainly i kind of don't think of it as ruined i mm -hmm. think at a glance it looks that way because it's sort of a much more chaotic version of of the city that we usually see mm. but but all the details are are for the most part of things that have been added on top of the existing structures and like decades or centuries of accretions kind of stuck mm. on and and uh so yeah i guess it's ambiguous and then other buildings of course are clearly in ruins so right yeah there's so much going on in these images i don't even really know half the time how to talk about them <laughs> well you know i think about one of the things i was trying to think about was like well if this was similar to like um to some extent uh you know you look at like say a, an actor in their prime say their current day actor in their prime like these um advanced sort of like aging technologies that visually kind of age them in a mm -hmm. way that's like that you can still see it's them but it's fascinating because you're like, wow, like that's what they're going to look like in 40 years or whatever. Like you can <laughs> see it, you know, like it's like there is something like familiar um, and it's sort of like, I guess, I mean, in some ways you could, you could do the same thing with young pictures too, right? like people who are younger. I'm trying to try to decide if there is something like um, inherently um, uh, like negative about that fascination of like things in in the future, like or things like aged. Um, this depends. Like our culture is so anti 
getting old, right? Like they, yeah. it's just such a hor horrific thing. Um, it's not even considered often. Like in, in architecture, they'll, you know, they'll, a lot of these buildings, they, they, they don't age well. <laughs> they really mm -hmm. don't. The way they're constructed. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could say that maybe anything that's ch cheaply built doesn't age well, but, mm. but just there's something inherent, like, like certain types of architecture, especially the older types that were built with natural materials just seem to age more gracefully than, than uh, what we build now. Mm. At least I imagine that being the case. Um, and it's almost I almost feel like maybe the older buildings were were built with aging in mind where whereas now everything is everything is all slick and shiny and metallic and and flat surfaces that that kind of stuff um it's almost in defiance of of nature in a way that that stuff's built Hmm. Um, and when it starts to fall apart, it's, uh, yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder, like, I mean, I think sometimes you, you look at some of the architecture from the 18th and 19th century. And I mean, I wonder if, I wonder if it's cause it has something to do with the, like a lot of the Greco Roman ruins being so. Uh, influential in terms of architecture, like oh, the fact sure. that, like the fact that those, that that those ruins themselves were still in existence, prove that they stand, they stood the test of time. So the fact that these things were influenced by those ruins, like by the things that had survived, sort of, I mean, even if you take the aesthetics out of it, maybe it's just the shape of them or the, the type of approach uh you know big blocky heavy you know like yeah. uh you know just like substantial like not like like uh you know towers stretching up to the sky type of stuff like in it's like squat buildings in some ways that are that are sort of like you know yeah and built built on these models of like endurance right they know buildings that know they're on the ground yeah yeah grounded yeah absolutely and in the case of old city hall it's like it's it's uh it's loaded with i guess what they call rustication where where they leave a lot of the stone surfaces all sort of roughly hewn especially towards the bottom and mm. and it's like it it's it already embodies weathering in a way mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. yeah mm. Yes, but you know, I I don't. Sometimes I like to imagine that 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 this version of the city that I'm depicting is just kind of like the old forgotten quarter of the city. And if you were to turn the camera ninety degrees, you'd see like the new town off in the shimmering in the distance, all shiny and new. And that's where everyone right. lives. And then. They've just kind of abandoned the 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 old historic areas and and left them to, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's so unthinkable, right? Like for for current day, like, but it's it's interesting. My neighborhood, the junction, of course, was once the like a huge center of in the city and in, in the region yeah. because all the all the train traffic coming in and out, uh, everything getting like all the all the. Uh, you know, cattle being led off to the stockyards and all the, all the workmen building pianos and it getting shipped off. And like, I mean, it, it was so bustling um, in this area. And then for a, nearly a, a century, like was, you know, dead. It was like comparatively to, to its, its, its time and in, in, in the, in the, in the limelight. Right. So these regions of the city do shift. Like it's just, people can't imagine like the regions that you're choosing, which are like the downtown core, um, you know, the fact that it's, as you say, like, I don't think people think about, they, they, must, they think that the rest of the city must be the same because after all, that part of the city is like, if that's what that looks like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, then the rest of it's gotta be, you know, a, uh, totally. 
reasonable extrapolation, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's fascinating. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that aspect of it. So so yeah, so so like now that you've had a bit of time to uh, to kind of reflect on on the on the project, um, what do you think with the um, the Toronto twenty thirty Toronto twenty thirty three project that uh, we worked on together, which uh, for the benefit of our listeners was uh, a science fiction collection uh, with uh, ten uh, very talented writers, um, uh, kind of imagining what uh, different aspects of Toronto would be like in twenty thirty three, um, and and basically you know telling a story of different almost all of them are in different neighborhoods and you. Uh, did an illustration for each of them. Um, so yeah, I'm just curious if you had any kind of like um, uh, further sort of thoughts or like, uh, you know, um, when you think back on, on uh, you know, creating all those illustrations, if there's anything that kind of like has stuck with you. Um, well, I think to be honest, at the time that I did those, I was exceptionally busy <laughs> with a number of projects and I'm amazed now that I even pulled it off. So it's, <laughs> it's a bit of a blur that was mm-hmm. like, it's like mm-hmm. 10 illustrations. And, you know, and I said to Matt Blackett, I'm like, well, I mean, 10 is a lot. I, I, I don't, and you know how I like to lavish detail on things. <laughs> um, it was tr- hard not to lavish detail on them and and kind of maybe strip them down a little bit more than I was used to. But um, yeah, those were, uh, those were fun. And, and, and in a way they were challenging because they were a little closer in time to the present. And, and also the other thing that was really different and sort of new for me was that there's people in a lot of them, right? which, which is kind of, you know, I think I have two or three hundred images on my Instagram feed, and I don't think a single one has a has a human <laughs> in any of them. Um, so, yeah, that was that was interesting, an interesting challenge. Um, yeah, um, I'm not sure what else to say about those, really. Yeah, I like that. I mean, the thing is, the thing that I find interesting sometimes about um, you know, the idea of, of, of working under pressure and turning things out and like, cause, cause I mean, everybody was delighted with, the, with the pictures, like everybody was delighted with the, uh, with how they, how they came out. And that's a no small feat considering how many people were, you know, each, each, each story had a different author and different perspective and, and, you know, and, and the fact that people were, were, um, you know, pretty much unanimously very positive about them was to me, like, especially considering, you know, writers can be quite picky about <laughs> the illustrations, you know, like, and they, they've spent some time constructing it in their minds. So the idea of, of someone coming in and kind of like, you know, um, working with the same in the same playground is often, you know, could be can be challenging. Right. So, yeah, for sure. Um, but the thing is, is that, I mean, I like I like to think about science fiction as a pulp genre where it is you know, like some of the greatest, um, you know, work in, in that, in that genre, like thinking about Philip K. Dick and a lot of the, the people who are churning out pulp in like the, the, you know, sixties and seventies, like, you know, it was basically a kind of a, just like, just like straight from the id, you know, right onto the page in some respects, like not a lot of like time to construct the most beautiful, rationale or like the perfect backstory for it it's like okay that'll do like let's move on like let's get it get this at the door yeah like so there is something that i think there's something i like obviously i love in some respects like the obviously the the well, like the the work of of the uh hyperbernia and the the uh uh your other sort of series are are gorgeous but at the same time like to me, it's interesting to see. Okay, well, this is this is uh, you know we don't have time to to, to spend as much uh, detail and, and that kind of thing on it, like, and still kind of coming out with something really really 
like really awesome is like it is it's pretty fun like i i just like the i like the um uh, i think it because it kind of like undercuts the notion of like the suffering artist to me like just something you can just do and and uh and it, and it kind of flows from you fairly naturally and it's not necessarily something that is uh um it has to be agonized over you know it's i i like yeah. i like that well the 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 work that that I tend to put on Instagram, the the sort of more, I don't know, you could almost say it's abstract, more abstract, and they're not representing specific places for the most part. Those are like, yeah, they're like relaxing explorations because they're kind of, they're they're to some extent kind of procedurally generated. So I, 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 I find them as much mm -hmm. as I make them. Cool. Um, so, how, can you explain that process a little bit for us? Um, well, it's kind of it's extremely technical on some levels, but it's basically uh, it's like I have this big kit of of models that includes little bits of architecture, like individual buildings and different types of shapes and trees and rocks and all these things. And, uh, and it's kind of a process of ran of semi randomly scattering them across a surface following different rules. So, so you can like kind of like build a system that tells different kinds of elements to scatter in a certain way across a certain part of a surface like a certain slope or a certain height or that kind of thing and then yeah. you layer them up and layer them up and and vary the parameters and you you can kind of get a very organic kind of thing and then you can yeah you can shuffle it and 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 look at it from any number of angles and and play around with it and and get sometimes really crazy odd juxtapositions that that i would never like contrive of so yeah it's a really weird kind of process that has elements of of sculpture and elements of photography and elements of um yeah just exploration mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, whereas, yeah whereas doing something that's that i'm trying to make recognizably like like oh that's that's nathan phillips square in toronto that's obviously obviously there's a lot of more effort of a different kind that goes into that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean with this like working with that kind of sort of in some cases, pre-existing kind of models and things like that. Do you ever have like um, uh, concerns, or do people ever kind of like are people ever disappointed by the idea that you haven't built everything pixel by pixel up yourself, or what's your relationship with that? Um, yeah, I think when most people see the images on on the screen often people just assume that they're like super detailed paintings. Right, right. And that actually makes me happy because there's kind of a, a the, the look of, of 3D graphics can very easily kind of have that curse of, of everything being like super perfectly straight and crisp and, and like a shininess that, that gives it away. Yeah. And I, I, and some some artists that work in that medium embrace that and and run with it. Um, Alex McLeod, I don't know if you've heard of him. He he his work is unabashedly three D rendered. Mm -hmm. um, whereas I've always kind of endeavored to uh, hide that and, mm -hmm. and take pains to to break this all the straight lines if I can and and give things an organic feel. And, mm -hmm. and with the technology now um, and with computer power, what it's at now, it's it's easier and easier to to make things feel organic. Um, so yeah, people don't usually 
necessarily get right away how they're made. Some do. Uh, um, yeah, it's, I find I, I end up talking usually more about the process of how I do the work than, than any, any other aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, I have videos on my Vimeo page that, that show some, a little bit of the behind the scenes kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was intending, still intend to, to do some streams. Mm -hmm. um, I just, uh, yeah, the streaming thing, it's kind of weird. Yeah, tell me, tell me about your weird feelings about it. Um, I guess I'm, I guess maybe I'm a bit shy. Mm -hmm. That that's a bit of a barrier. I feel almost like I, if I do it, I would rather just spontaneously do it in the moment rather than like schedule a stream and like get just so that people that might want to watch can like get ready and watch it. I, um, I don't. <laughs> that's probably the better way to do it, but. Yeah, part of me would rather just. I'm going to do it right now. But the other thing is that I I was rec I record a lot of what I do, just record my screen to video and and I kept, kept keep thinking like because I meander around and and progress can sometimes be very slow and there's not a lot to look at on the screen like and some of it can just be very tedious and 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 maybe not all that fun to watch as well. Um, so I was also thinking, you know, if I'm going to stream, I should probably plan ahead to do some things, be prepared to do some things that will have some more visual interest and be more watchable. Mm. Um, hmm. yeah, yeah, it's tricky because you, you, I mean, um, <clears throat> I mean, but I mean, some, to some extent, like the fact that it is a little bit, dull moment to moment is a lesson in itself, right? Like, yeah, it's true. Like for, for people who are aspiring to do these types of things, it's not like you, um, yeah, you're, you're, you're just you have a kind of workmanlike kind of discipline. That, that's one of the things that is, makes it possible, right? Like, and, and, uh, and, but it's boring to watch somebody do something, crank something out in that, in that way. I mean, I've, I've seen people have tricks around like, kind of like, you know, um, this doesn't work with streaming, of course, but like if people are showing process videos and they speed up, they speed it up. You can kind of be like, oh, OK, I kind of I get I get enough of the sense of how this is coming together, but I don't have to watch the moment by moment sort of thing. Right. So, yeah, I did a bunch of those and I, I literally sped it up 10 times for some of it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish I could. Yeah. Work that I, I'm trying to understand the streaming stuff myself and not specifically um, for the same reasons you are, but um, like I had, I had a kind of an interesting experience where like, um, I, I, I think, you know, like I, I've been involved with the video game community for 20 years now. And, and, um, and, and so Twitch has been a big, big, big force for a long time, but I, it's been a sector of the games community that I'm not as, um, that I, I don't feel a lot of connection to. Um, so, so, and I wouldn't go so far as to say I, I don't, you know, uh, but <laughs> like the idea of people, you know, basically they kind of, in some ways, uh, the, this, the Twitch streamers, um, like kind of leapfrogged over, say, the, re the review bloggers, like, um, you know, the people who would, write reviews and write thoughtful essays on like their gaming experiences and why they like this game over that game. And that I, maybe, I, maybe it's because I was part of that. I wrote games journalism for a while and, and seeing kind of like um, the fairly, you know, uh, in my mind, sort of somewhat unsubstantive kind of like coverage of, of like that, of games by streamers makes me made me feel kind of like a little bit disinclined to kind of really embrace it, right? But yeah, um, but it's interesting. Like these days, like um, looking at uh, like basically, I, I feel like the appeal of it um, is like 
for younger, mostly men, uh, younger boys uh, who want like a cool older friend to, to to come over and play games with them. And they don't necessarily have that all the time, but now they kind of have it on tap. They yeah. have like, you know, um, slightly older, often you get guys in their like, you know, late teens, early twenties kind of streaming at ridiculous, like for ridiculous amounts of time per day or X amount of days per week. And, you know, and, and so, so like it, it's, you know, like, and, and I, and I just, just the other week, I kind of found my way to, uh, to a streamer via, uh, an indie marketing, um, article, like someone was talking about their marketing, uh, with games, which I'm more and more, uh, I find more and more important to pay attention to because it's such a hugely saturated market. Um, and I, and so I found my way to the stream and a few weeks before I had logged in to, to Twitch, um, with, uh, like, because my, my friend was doing like, um, this, this, um, weird movie stream in, 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 well, not in New York, but for a New York, um, kind of, uh, cinema, um, wasn't even games related in other words. And I had, and I had finally taken that step to, to, uh, sign up for Twitch. <laughs> and because, uh, I was trying to make my friend laugh who I knew would be on the stream. And because of recent things in the news, I decided to, uh, give myself the, uh, the, the pseudonym Moist Monroe. Um, <laughs> so just, you know, just a random, like not thinking about my relation to games communities or, uh, you know, like normally I would just use the name Jim Monroe, which is such a lame cop out from <laughs> my opinion, from, you know, like it, it's, it's, uh, I have, I have a, I have a kind of like, I have never really jumped into the whole kind of like pseudonym kind of like handle type of uh, yeah. world. Um, so, so yeah. So anyway, call, um, me Jim. Fast, call me, call me Jim. That's my name. <laughs> and you might know me from the various things I do, which is important to me clearly that you know who I am, you know, like it's, it's, it's kind of sad. Um, uninventive for a creative person, etc. Anyway. Um, I, so I've, um, uh, after, after I did this, forgot about it and then, you know, went to randomly check out this guy's stream. Uh, it was live and, uh, I was like watching it for a little while. And then I sort of maybe tuned out for a bit and, uh, like, you know, and I had, I jumped on the stream and then he, and then I heard him say, what up, Moist Monroe? <laughs> Just just sort of he just noticed that i was a new uh watcher of this of this stream and and it, i found it uh i found it alarming but also weirdly validating at the same time magic no wonder no wonder fucking uh 12 year old boys love this shit yeah like you know what i mean like i i uh so so anyway that's that was um that's been my experience with streaming. I, I haven't, um, um, you know, I haven't really fully, I, I feel like I'm closer to understanding the appeal and uh, yeah. And I'd like to, you know, this is a, if, if there is ever a time to start to get into and understand online communities, this is it, right? This yeah. is uh, so much, so much of our culture is potentially happening here now. Like it's, uh, yeah. So it's, uh, I, yeah. I was looking, I haven't watched a lot of streams, but you know, on Twitch, you can find, there's a small number of artists on there that you can usually find someone doing something creative at some point. Um, and I would go into these streams, um, either of artists that I was already aware of or, or, or had, didn't know anything about them. And I drop in on the stream and there may be only a few other people watching in a, some of those cases. And, and it, yeah, it was kind of a revelation to and all, and I can relate like feeling slightly disturbed, but also validated to, to suddenly 
like you say, is when they they say, "Oh, hey," in my case, I, I typically use yonder bean as a handle, and like, "Oh, hey, yonder bean, how's it going?" And, and like, "Oh my god, he he just said my name. This streamer just said my name," and I'm and I can have a conversation and ask questions, and they'll answer live on the internet. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and yeah, and the conversation that starts to happen in, in especially in a smaller stream where there's only a few people in there watching and it's kind of more intimate and yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's interesting, like the way that we're, we're realizing now that when you have kind of, uh, you know, zooms with 25 people on the call versus zooms where you have four people on the call, the amount of interaction that happens uh, is, is, massively different right yeah. like you know like um so yeah it's it's uh like having all these options of, of spaces with smaller things but we are attuned to judging and like conditioned to judging things based on how many millions of people are watching right so <laughs> it's uh you know it's it sucks when it's like yeah when people are like oh man this, this is funny yeah, I thought I could maybe oh I'll do some streams and just sort of pay attention to the chat and 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 let questions and comments kind of um, control the the flow of what I end up doing. But then I'm like, well, what if I get you know tons of people all in the chat and I can't follow it all and and um, a certain point, if you get big enough, you like you need a moderator and you need all sorts of other things to happen. <laughs> well, you don't have to, but um, people do that. Anyway, yeah, we'll see if I actually do the streaming thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. For now, the the main thing I'm interactive thing I'm doing online is is playing Minecraft online with my nephew. Okay. Yeah. Which I love. That's awesome. I love Minecraft so much. Have, have, like, is that is that recent or is that uh, sorry? Is that a recent kind of love or are you the game? Yeah. 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 Hmm. Uh, well, actually, it was my nephew that introduced me to it on his iPad. Um, I guess it was more than two years ago now, almost three years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, and I had kind of sort of been dismissive of it initially thinking it was, you know, cause it kind of looks primitive and it's pretty simple in a lot of ways, but um, mm -hmm. it's been around for 10 years and mm -hmm. no, I'm now I'm like totally hooked on it. Like it's kind of for me and the way my mind works, it's like, it's the perfect game. And, <laughs> And, and now, especially that you can add mods to the game that make it like change the way the world is generated. So you can, you can get very, um, you can get much more sort of naturalistic kind of eroded landscapes and all sorts of different things that make it kind of fascinating. And the way that it is, it's, it's kind of reminds me of my own work to some extent. The, the way the world is kind of it's it's not quite infinite but all might as well be and yeah it just um and i just like to you know occasionally it's fun to play the actual you know survival mode where you have to gather resources and craft stuff and I, that's fun sometimes but mainly i just like to fly around this landscape and 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 build things kind of willy nilly mm -hmm. and uh I have this one world that I've been doing that in um, occasionally with my nephew, just building stuff all around the, the landscape and often just forgetting things. And two years later, I fly over again and, oh, wow, <laughs> I, I built that. I built that little tower like yeah, two and a half yeah, years yeah. ago. Wow. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I'm thinking like the, the persistence of things, right? Like in some ways it's like, one of the things I've taken to doing with um, uh, with Sydney is just doing drawings on the uh, like I, I a while back I found a, a huge roll of butcher paper in the in the garbage, and I was like, wow, this is like 
it's a lot of paper. And so I took it home and like, and it fits perfectly over the dining room table. So you can just unroll like at length of it, cut it down, and then it you can just draw on it. And I actually think I might have, I think way back when, I don't know, was it, do you, does that ring any bells with you? I feel like we might have used it at Manimals when we were running, yeah. we were doing Manimal Sanctuary. That does ring like, bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's still like, there's just something so compelling about doodling or spending like, 20 minutes of like, uh, like writing stupid poems or something like that on things. And then yeah. like, and, and just, and just leaving it there and then forgetting it's there. And then like coming across it and being like delighted by it. <laughs> yes. There's just something like, so like, uh, it just kind of came out of you. You forgot you did it, you know, like there's just, it's yeah. just, just kind of heartening in a way. Yeah. Well, and then to go even further down the the Minecraft rabbit hole is is um, you can you can take chunks of a Minecraft world and export them and bring them into like a regular three D modeling program. Okay. Um, okay. And so I've been so kind of into these certain things that I've been finding or building in Minecraft that I would I'm I've been experimenting with you know using them as as the basis for something more outside of Minecraft so in that okay. sense it's like it's like it's the like doodles a, a, yeah it's like a tool it's become become a, a a modeling tool in a way for me and it's cool. and what's it's it's like it, it makes me think a lot about how cool it would be to kind of take a a typical tool and gamify it because mm. in, in a way you know you, i'm building things with little blocks in 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 minecraft and you can get quite elaborate but you're also it rains sometimes and and there's a day night cycle and mm-hmm. um there's some randomness to the environment yeah yeah and it's it's kind of a more immersive experience and um, obviously limited in, in certain ways, but, but if you're just making art, then uh, yeah, you may, you may see elements of Minecraft worlds in future <laughs> pieces of mine, possibly. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, so like uh, one of the things I, I'm, I've been trying to kind of deal with, with this, um, uh, this particular podcast is like uh, middle age art and that kind of thing. Like, like basically artists like ourselves that are are kind of um, no longer emerging artists and figuring out like um, what what are the things that are kind of like have surprised us and 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 sometimes in in good ways and some some sometimes not so good ways. So yeah, I'm kind of I'm, I'm curious about your your um your sort of uh take on becoming like uh an established artist middle-aged artist that kind of thing um gosh yeah definitely um into middle-age territory now that's for sure (laughs) (laughs) um hmm well I think there's certainly a degree of confidence that I didn't used to have. Um, Like even just the fact that I, I left my, my job and, and was prepared to spend a couple months doing nothing but working on my art. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe that's, that's a, partly a function of, you know, being established enough, even financially to be able to, to do those things. Right. And, you know, thinking back to, to when I was in my twenties and even in my thirties, like I would have been much more afraid to do those kinds of things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm less afraid to try things now, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
with that said, I, I maybe I've been watching a lot of tutorials recently and also realizing just how little I actually do know. <laughs> I have like my thing that I do and I do it really well. Mm -hmm. And it requires only so much technical skill and, and that kind of thing. But um, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm struggling with the whole learning new tricks thing a little bit. I'd say okay. that's my biggest struggle because, I mean, especially using this kind of technology to make art, the technology is evolving so quickly that, you know, and I also if I want to stay employable, um, I, you know, I've worked in, usually my day job is, is working uh, in it for t TV and film doing matte painting and environment art and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And in order to stay, yeah, viable in that kind of work, I need to keep up with, with the technology. Mm -hmm. um, and, but I'm also just less, I just find I'm less, um, less interested in learning new tricks than I used to be hmm. for some reason. Um, I still am interested, but yeah, it just doesn't come as easily um, as it used to. Hmm. I'm getting old, Jim. Getting old. Yeah. My brain is changing. <laughs> <laughs> the cell, the brain cells, some of them are dead now. And, and <laughs> I, I've heard that we, we, I, we're, we're maybe wiser, but as when we're older, but we're... Uh, we're not necessarily, our brains aren't as quick. We're not as quick as we used to be. Right, right. Not that yeah. we're that old, I'm sure, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, it, <laughs> oh, we're old, believe me. Uh, when it comes to like uh, anybody who's in their, you know, 20s or 30s or like thinking about like these types of uh, things where it's like, um, you know, like we're we're just like, yeah. I, I I feel like when I when I was in my twenties, thinking about people in their forties, it was just sort of with a little bit of, of um. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like just thinking about it as like, not, not like. I don't know if I would have expressed it in that way, but like of it of people being old and and. Uh, you know, past their prime or whatever, but it's like, um, there's something in our culture that is very, you know, anti-middle age. And one of the things that I find as a creator, especially as a storyteller in that, in this, in this frame is that it's actually pretty, it's pretty awesome from the perspective of like remembering what it was like to be young, but also like relating to people who are older and not like looking at them with the kind of pity that we, that our <laughs> culture looks at old people. Right. Like, yeah. Um, so, so it, it's, it's, it's actually quite a, I, I feel like such a, a, a neat kind of uh, middle kind of position. Right. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's not something that we culturally kind of like um, talk about much or, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's funny uh, work working at a, a visual effects studio. I'd say m most of the people would be in their twenties working there, mm -hmm. and it's maybe a sizable number in their thirties, and then people in their forties and fifties and whatnot. But I, I guess I, I mean, I'm forty-seven. I don't. I'm told I don't look 47. Mm -hmm. I, I, I pass. <laughs> that's supposed to be, that's supposed to be a compliment. Yeah. 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 I guess that's a compliment. Yeah. 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 I'll take it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't even know what, I don't know what's 47 supposed to feel like. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I can, I typically pass for younger and it's interesting. It's like at the end of the day, I, you know, my days of going out, having a few beers after work it, i don't really do that kind of thing anymore and it's um 
all these younger people are doing young people things, thinking that trying to include me and thinking, oh, what's with that guy? He just always wants to go home. It's like, yeah, I'm tired. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Is there, is there something when you think back on yourself in your twenties that you're like, um, uh, Oh, I was like, I was totally wrong about that. Like I, I was like, cause I, I, uh, yeah. Like going back to the, the theme that I'd be kind of exploring is like, sometimes I, I I'll give an example. So like, um, so for instance, like, uh, you, I, I, uh, I sent you that song today and you sent me back one, which is awesome. And then I, and I listened to it. And my first impulse was to say, no, <laughs> which is like, uh, like there was just something about the, 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 the music. It was sort of like, almost like freeform jazz. And in my, like that kind of slightly dissonant, Oh yeah. Uh, you know, kind of like that kind of, that kind of feeling. And, and, my first like and and so often in the past um i've had that feeling so often that i know to pay attention to it <laughs> like if i have a strong feeling that i oh i don't like this is this is like um nails on a chalkboard for me then <laughs> it's actually something that um it, when i give it time uh it, it gives me something yeah. Like it gives, you know, like I don't always, it doesn't always become my favorite music, but often it's the stuff that um, is more likely to rather than the stuff that I like right away and I can listen to about 10, 15 times and then I'm done with it. It's like bubblegum or like yeah. that kind of like quickness, right? So well, it's funny you should say that because I mean, that particular artist, gas, the gas man, his, his work tends to be yeah, really sort of scattered and dissonant and you don't know what to expect a lot of the time where, mm. where it's going to go and and you're right and like when usually when 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 some new when he releases something new i listen to it and the first time i listen to it i'm like eh, uh no i don't know no i don't think i like this mm. but but it's so novel i and i'm right. kind of addicted to the novelty of of it and and the more I listen to it and get to know it, it's like, wow, this is like um, laying new pathways in my brain. Right. And it's like a some kind of mental massage to listen to it. And um, yeah, I yeah. guess I, I go I go for a certain level of dissonance, but I know that's it's a, certainly an acquired taste. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. It's like bitter or something like that, right? Like. And I, I think, like, when I think back on why my reaction is so intense about that stuff, often it's it's to do with what I project their intent as. So for, like, creators who are making stuff that is, like, like again, I, I can always go back to freeform jazz as something that I have, a, like, historically not being able to to kind of, like, uh, digest or like um, enjoy, right? And and some of it has to do with like my feeling of like, well, they're not, they're just faking it, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So and and some of it is that, and 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 it's that kind of like real uh, fear of being fooled or something um, that kind <laughs> of has has kept me away from that whole kind of that whole thing for a long time. Whereas in, you listen to big band music or things like that, like it, there's a kind of like regularity and a kind of um, conservatism to it that um, makes you feel like comforted that this is this is music that you recognize as music. It has yeah. a song and a structure that you are very familiar with. And result, the, the resulting kind of like, you know, like, I mean, yeah. So, so, <laughs> so it's interesting, like, um, yeah, my experience with say drone music was originally like, what the hell is this? Like, this is, this is just no, like noise. Like, you know, it's just not, you know. And 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 then over time, it became one of my favorite genres because I just found it so weirdly soothing and like, um, 
yeah, strangely kind of almost like organ music and sort of feeling of transcendent kind of like um, kind of kind of places it sent me, right? So yeah, it's 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 really um, and discovering that I was wrong about that is can be just an amazing feeling. Like it opens up the whole world in a way that prior to that you're just sort of like thinking oh, this is like, I know what I like and this is what I like. And it just opens up this whole thing like, oh, this whole other swath of human culture that I have this just totally dismissed. I might, I might actually kind of like, it might be this whole second half of my life exploring and enjoying and being lifted up by that kind of stuff, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've sent, I've sent, uh, that music from that artist to a few different people and so far i don't think anyone has liked it <laughs> right, right yeah no I, I i ended up listening to it a few times and and it it, it definitely it definitely grew on me in the way that like you know like uh yeah but i mean i i do find that's the that's the stuff that is it opens up whole different um categories of music to you right like yeah in some way like yeah i mean that rambling song that i i sent you that sun kill moon track was something that would have been previously undigestible by me like oh yeah i would have yeah i would have just been kind of like i would have found it self-indulgent and like um you know kind of like i don't know concerned with like the music industry like in a way that I would have felt was, I don't know, kind of un, maybe undignified or something. I don't know. There's yeah. just something like I find like, but, but, but now at this stage of my life, like him talking about this weird feeling of competition with the guy from the post service and not going backstage and yeah. like all those, all those things like really like completely resonate with me and like, why not put it in a song? Like, why does that have to be the stuff that, you know, whatever you write a book about, or, you know, you write a memoir about, or you write a blog post about, like, why not kind of throw it into a fucking song and see how it sounds like there's a couple lines there that, that are like, um, yeah, they're just kind of weirdly beautiful because they're so mundane about his life and yeah. about his mom. Talking to his mom and talking to his sister on the phone. And... Yeah, about how, so, how she's dating a hunter and getting used to the taste of venison. Like, yeah. it's fucking gold, man. Yeah, it's like, awesome. that's, you know, it's fucking real. Like, that's like, you know, like, it's like reading a zine or something about someone's life. Like, that's, it, it, that's what it gave me. Like, that kind of real kind of like the specificity of that fucking day is recorded <laughs> now. Like, I mean, you know, for better or for worse, probably for him, because I think it was it's a popular song for him, but having to relive that day but there's something like really gutsy and like uh funny and true about that weird kind of encapsulation of a single day right yeah 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 so um yeah i'm trying to think of that i had i had some other sort of thoughts have you have you ever like do you what kind of um have you ever had competitive thoughts or like um, like things like that, that are like in your, in your, in your art practice or even your professional life. So I feel like, I feel like middle ages, like for me anyway, some of it has been like kind of realizing like, okay, like, um, like I'm no longer the, the, the new hotness of, uh, whatever, right? Like there is a kind of like, um, and it's not just with competing with young people, but just like being aware of like, I don't know, some ways feeling like it's not, I don't know. I, 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 I'd be curious to hear if you had any feelings on that. You, um, I don't, I'm going to say that I, I don't really have a lot of competitive feelings. And I think, I think it's because my work is very recognizable i think it's like 
it's in its own category type of thing. And... I feel like I've carved a category for myself and, and then, yeah, so I don't feel threatened so much. I, there have been maybe occasions where, where people venture close to the kind of work that I do. Um, and even cases where, you know, sometimes there's been some, some, some artists that have maybe kind of copied what I've done a little bit or mm -hmm. done something like really similar to the point where I kind of was like, Hmm, I don't know about that. But then I sort of just take a step back and, and, and think oh, I, I should be flattered. Right. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So no, I guess I. I. Yeah. I don't really have many competitive thoughts, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I, I. And I'm very willing to share my techniques and and show people um, how I do what I do. Sometimes mm -hmm. I, I think maybe oh maybe I should hold it back a bit and and you know cultivate a mystique or something. <laughs> you know um but no <laughs> i like yeah, showing yeah. people what i what i do so yeah 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 it's interesting yeah the the yeah that feeling like i mean that feeling or that 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 kind of like that shadow that comes up sometimes of like um withholding you know like of that's that sense of like yeah that's i mean yeah, with, with uh, yeah, when I think about like um, sometimes as well, like think about artists, it's like you look at people who are peers and like they're they're like they by the impression that you you have of them, they're doing really well in some respects, um, you know, and you think, oh, this is like that's a that's a path not taken. I decided not to do that or or. I didn't focus on the same things they did and and consequently like we have different we're, we're in a different place right like there are those types of like things that aren't really comp that, that aren't even competition but they're kind of a, i don't know like uh comparative in some ways like and and it's like it's not something that maybe keeps you up at night but it it, it adds a little bit of weirdness i find like <laughs> i guess in some respects like when i think of certain relationships i have there is, there is a kind of like, sometimes it's, they're thinking that about me and sometimes they think that about them. And there's a dynamic that kind of like comes into play in relation to kind of like how popular people are and how, how much of a kind of like uh, audience they have and all those types of things, right? Like, yeah, I, I've had a couple of times when I've, I've kind of, you know, put something out into the world. Um, for example, that was like 17 years ago now. Oh my God. I, I had my first solo exhibition at a wall gallery that used to be down on, on, uh, Austin. And, and, um, I did a bunch of ink drawings and they were, I don't know. I guess they were a bit of a hit. They were on some, on some magazine covers and got featured in magazines. And I still, I still get a lot of uh, traction from from those drawings I did so long ago. And and I think there was it was kind of like a, I I arrived on the scene and then laid this work down. But then. I guess for whatever reason, I didn't, I didn't follow it up really. Right. I, yes. instead I bought a van and drove to Arizona <laughs> 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 and did this road trip and, and, uh, never really followed up on that work. I get until actually like last year or something really. I, mm -hmm. so next time I did work similar to that or like picked up those threads again. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, sometimes I, I, you know, I look back at different certain forks where, you know, that at a certain point I thought there was this very obvious path to take. Mm -hmm. 
but then for whatever reason, I didn't take that path. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then other things like, you know, buying a house and gutting it and renovating ourselves, that kind of took me off the art path to some extent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess this doesn't really necessarily have anything to do with competition, except maybe competing timelines. Yes, it's true. And, no, I think I, I think it's it, it, it to me it's like um, it's in the same category because it's not quite. Um, it's like a feeling of um, uh, yeah, they're, yeah. They're they're. I think the thing is is that you at this stage in our lives, we realize like, okay, well, we're halfway done <laughs> in some ways. Like we're, we're kind of like far enough away from those early flashes of like success in, in our, in our, uh, in our youth to kind of like have a bit of perspective on it. And like, for me, like yourself, like, I mean, having, um, when Flyboy action figure came to, comes with gas mask came out and, um, the attention around that and this, to, to a certain extent, this, the enduring kind of like um, fondness that people have for that book um, yeah. kind of makes me kind of conscious of the fact that like, oh, that was, you know, that was, uh, that was something I could have, um, yeah, written a few sequels for and people would have been pretty happy. And I kind of probably could have um, built up an, like more of an audience around those types of, of yeah. books instead of switching kind of books quite drastically each time I did because I was, that was what inspired me. Right. So, you know, like those types of things are like not, um, they're not quite regrets, like in the sense that like, I wouldn't be saying like, I made a mistake because I followed what I felt was like, I, I took, I did my version of, uh, you know, taking a van to Arizona or whatever. Right. Like, <laughs> But, yeah. um, but yeah, but it's, it, it's, uh, but you have enough perspective on it to realize like, oh, that was like, that was a pretty, uh, unique, uh, circumstance that in, in, in my youth, I thought was something I could, that, that would replicate itself whenever I wanted it to, or, um, and I probably wouldn't have ever even be conscious of that, but just sort of like something that came, that came easy at a stage that uh you know that I, I didn't know better to capitalize on it to some extent like uh if it had happened three books in maybe i would have <laughs> you know <Right. laughs> but uh but but for my debut novel and i think the debuts are like something that culturally are very valued whether or not they're conscious because there's all these folks that are kind of intermediaries and in cultural kind of tastemakers that make their bones on discovering new talent right so yeah. if you've been around then you you lose currency in a way that you're never happily very rarely conscious of as a as a new artist because you would just be paralyzed by the <laughs> by the idea of like uh that this is going to be the thing you're going to be kind of associated with right so yeah um which is kind of good because I definitely wrote Flyboy in a kind of like six month kind of like bang it out, whatever the fuck was I was kind of involved with and excited about at the time. And it's, it's very much a, like a, a document of that, of right. that part of my life. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder even if it was some kind of fear of success, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Um, yeah. What gives you a hint in, of, of that? Um, well, there's this weird sort of dynamic or this play between getting, wanting attention, but not wanting attention. You <laughs> know, sure that I feel is, is kind of part of my psyche a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, because I can think of so many things that I could do to 
increase my quote unquote success, be it financially or, you know, my, my art career or what have you. And just some really obvious things that, that I just, I don't do. <laughs> maybe, mm -hmm. maybe I'm just a procrastinator. Well, no, not maybe I am a procrastinator. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Not to psychoanalyze myself too much. No, it's 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 interesting. Yeah, yeah. I go back to that original. We were talking about the um, the whole streaming thing, right? Like, um, uh, you know, and the fact that you feel like you should do it but haven't done it with any regularity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, those things to trick myself into them, I always have to make them a project of some sort. Right. You know? So, yeah. Well, you're famous for your completion rate of projects. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when you set out to do something, it gets done. Well, my impression. I, 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 I'm trying to uh, be less compulsive in the completion department, <laughs> but well, okay. So we'll end that the recording part there. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So now you can tell me all the juicy goss and <laughs> all the things that are. <laughs> well, oh my God, did you hear? <laughs> <laughs>